besties. I'm Missy, hanging out with my bestie, Johnsy. Hey, guys. And, uh, yeah, my raspy voice is cute, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you, allergies. <laughs> Sorry, I took a sip of my beer. <coughs> Sorry. I just coughed really loud. I apologize, guys. <laughs> I'm not sick, I promise. It really is allergies. <laughs> Uh, you want to explain that? Explain what just happened. There. Oh, what are you, what are yeah, you drinking? I'm drinking. Uh, it is a peanut butter flavor porter, and I've had really good like peanut butter flavored porters, like because I like dark beers, and I think the last one I had was what Sweet Baby Jesus. That one's delicious, but this bitch, this mother is sour. <laughs> it cheesy is mother. That would have been cheesy. Good. Yeah, this that, is. That would have been a good one to have with Edgeen. That's what I said when I saw it at the store. <laughs> But um, zero out of ten would not recommend. Yeah, I wouldn't drink it if it makes that kind of face. Yeah, it's it's tastes like a like a beer that's gone bad. What you got though? <laughs> I got something new, guys. I got something new because Johnsy brought me something new. It is Coyote Hole Red Velvet Raspberry Vanilla Cider. You don't laugh at how I said cider. <laughs> not this time. No. So, I have not tried. It says it's semi-sweet on the sweetness scale. It's got a sweetness scale. <laughs> I was trying to find the sweetest shit I could for you. Um, oh, it's from Virginia, too. Lake Anna. Oh, it's not far from here. No, it's not. All right, guys. Right. Here we go. Oh, it smells yummy. Mm. I, I don't... I don't know. Like, it's got a sourness to it, but not, like, in a bad way. Definitely don't get a vanilla. Here, you have to just try it. Okay. It's not bad, actually. You're probably going to end up drinking this. That's a hell of a lot better than what I have. Yeah, because you didn't make a face like you were dying. <laughs> I seriously think that beer is bad. Maybe you got a bad batch. I think I did. I don't know. This, this, you know, I would, I would actually drink this. I would, I would, you found, congratulations, you found something you I enjoy. Would I always get this like I do barefoot? No. Probably not. But if it was in the fridge, I would definitely grab this. Because that's not bad. Oh, it's pink. Look how cute pink it is. Um, It's got a cute little red velvet. You know, red velvet cake is my favorite too. Is it really? Yes. I did not know that. Yeah. All these years, I did not know that. Yeah, red velvet. It's kind of like a new thing. I never really realized how much I love red velvet cake. You know, it's just chocolate cake, right? Yeah, but it's not as, like, chocolatey, and I love the cream cheese frosting, even though the cream cheese part makes me sick. <laughs> I got all the allergies, guys. All the allergies. So. What are we talking about? We're talking about quite the famous case actually today we are talking about the black dahlia mm. oh total side note guys uh, i apologize for the last episode of being so loud so i'm gonna work <laughs> hard <laughs> on being quieter today also my voice will help me stay that way but i'll also try to keep my movements contained i am a fidgety person for some reason and i just make weird noises <laughs> well, i don't think it was just i think that just the mic was not but you're quiet Word. as hell, too. Yeah, I'm too quiet. Yeah. And I am a loud person, naturally. Yeah. I'm a very loud person. I grew up in a very loud family. And if you do not get loud, you are not heard. <laughs> no, I think it was just the mic. I don't think it was anything you did. But <laughs> You're louder than most, but I don't think it's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Apologize, guys. Um, it's just, you know. Just letting you guys know I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yes. Yeah, so we're talking about the Black Dahlia, um, which is actually the victim's name is Elizabeth Short. Uh, brief history on her is she was born July 29th, 1924 in Massachusetts to Phoebe and Cleo Short. Now, I found it really weird. Her dad's name was Cleo. Like, when you hear Phoebe and Cleo, you would have thought... I would have thought that was a... No, but I kind of like it. Yeah. 
That's different. It's a very different name. I also love the name Phoebe. Yeah, I do too. I love the name Phoebe. Just, I think it's mostly to do with the fact that I love Phoebe from Friends. She's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. I'll have to show you my new Friends shirt I just got. <laughs> Speaking of which. Um, but yes, Phoebe and Cleo Short. At the age of five, her father disappeared. Oh, bad form, Cleo. Yeah, it was actually a really, really bad form. So it was said that he built miniature golf courses until he lost most of his savings in the 1929 stock market crash. Mm. Um, In 1930, his car was later found near a lake, apparently abandoned, and it was assumed that he had committed suicide. Ooh. Yeah. So her mother got a job working as a bookkeeper to help support the family. She had five kids. Elizabeth was one of five. With Cleo? With Cleo. And he just jumped ship? He just jumped ship. And, oh. uh, Take uh, it back. I don't like Cleo. <laughs> Elizabeth was um, three, the third child out of the five. Um, Elizabeth was troubled with bronchitis and severe asthma attacks, resulting in a lung surgery at only 15 years old. Ooh. Yeah. I know. I understand them. Allergies, girl. Mm-hmm. I understand them. Uh, afterwards, it was suggested that she move to a milder climate to prevent further problems. Her mother sent her to Miami, Florida with a family friend during the winters for the next three years after that. Why? Um, Florida, I guess, just didn't have as bad of allergies as Massachusetts. I don't know. Massachusetts probably has, guess... like, a lot more trees and whatnot like that. Yeah, Whereas they have... Florida's just got a consistent, like, it's warm. I don't the know. The tree is like just palm. Yeah, trees. I don't know if they There's... get like a fall and a well, winter. Well, depending where like you are in Florida, but no, they definitely don't get the like yeah. seasonal shit. Yeah, so that's probably it. Probably is milder, or probably just more consistent. So you just kind of eventually get acclimated. Yeah, that Whereas, makes sense. Like, you know, when you get a winter and a spring and a fall. But that sucks. That it was that serious where she had to send her child away. I could imagine like being a mother having to do that, but not being able to just move for the whole family. Yeah, I didn't... That would really suck mm. to have to make that choice to send your kid away. But I also feel like 1920s, 1930s, like, boarding school, like, that probably was, like, a normal thing, too, to just send your kid away. Probably in that time, yeah, to think about it now, yeah. Yeah. Um, in her sophomore year, Elizabeth dropped out of school. So, in 1942... Phoebe received a letter apologizing from Elizabeth's dad. He's not dead. Surprise. Oh, wow. That did surprise me. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> he faked his suicide to get out of the fact that he lost their entire family savings and has a whole new life in California. What a douchebag. Yeah. You can do that with your family? Like, just try to fix things I guess, and to move everybody. I guess not. And... Yeah, he has a whole new life. So mm. in December, at the age of 18, Elizabeth moved to Vallejo, Vallejo, California to live with her dad. And he worked near the nearby naval shipyard in San Francisco Bay. Um, it was short, though. She didn't live with him long. She actually ended up moving away because they would constantly argue. Mm. Probably like, what the hell, dad? You just up and leave us. I'm a ripe age of five. Yeah, there was probably a lot of issues there. Yeah. So she moved out in January of 1943. So, like, it was very brief that they lived together. I just want to say real quick, like, in high school, I was... Because this is about the time the movie and whatnot came out. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, a huge fan, like... But the movie didn't, like, do shit. Like, it was a horrible excuse for explaining what happened to Elizabeth. Um... But just hearing this now, it's good to hear that she was actually, like, a person. Because the movie did not do that. So, I was going to kind of explain that more at the end. Um, I want everybody to know Elizabeth. Not yeah. the Black Dahlia. Mm-hmm. Because she was a person. She had a life. She had a family. And yes, um, and I'll kind of go in more on that as well, that movies depicted it very sensationally. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it, going into this story, this could easily be a three part story 
there's so much oh, to I, talk about. Yeah. But what I really want, and I hope that a lot of people take out of this, is Elizabeth Short was a person. And nobody really goes into that part about her. Yeah, no, most people don't even know her name. The, they just dive into the murder. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because the murder is is gruesome. Um, So, getting back into this. Elizabeth took a job at a base exchange at Camp Cook, now as the Vandenberg Space Force Base. Mm. Yeah. Near Lampak. I hope I pronounced that right. She briefly lived with a U.S. Army Air Force sergeant who reportedly abused her. And mm. so she moved to Santa Barbara, where she was arrested for drinking at a local bar under age. Bum, bum, bum. Um, which is funny, because, like, I don't know what the drinking age was back then. Like, was it higher? Because I think she I said that she was, eight, yeah, she was 18 when she moved to live with her father. So I wonder if the drinking age back then was higher because prohibition and... It might have been, yeah. So they tried to make it harder for people and then maybe they eventually dropped it and then they brought it back up. Um, But yeah, she was arrested for an underage drinking. Uh, So she was sent back to Massachusetts. But instead of going back to Massachusetts, she actually went back to Florida, making only a few visits to her family um, in Boston because that's where they were in Massachusetts, Boston. Um... While in Florida, Elizabeth met Major Matthew Michael Gordon Jr. Elizabeth told friends that Michael proposed to her in a letter while he was recovering from injuries from a plane crash. Now, this is all during the time of war. World War II is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of military presence during this time as well. He was in India training um, and got into this accident. She accepted the proposal but Michael died in a second crash less than a week before the war ended. Oh, yeah. that sucks. It did suck. I was really sad. Except, especially, like, he survived the first crash. And then he got a second and didn't make that one. I also definitely got, um, when I read that, for some odd reason, what made me think about that was Final Destination. Where mm-hmm. people, like, try to escape it and they, like, they did. And then all of a sudden it, it comes, comes back. back. around for you? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Um, so in July uh, 1946, Elizabeth relocated back to California in L.A. to visit Army Air Force Lieutenant Joseph Gordon Fickling, an acquaintance from Florida. He was stationed in Long Beach, and Elizabeth spent the last six months of her life in Southern California, mostly in L.A., before her death. She worked as a waitress. Um, she rented a room behind the Florentine Gardens nightclub on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, and Elizabeth was described and depicted as an aspiring or would-be actress. She didn't have any acting jobs or credits that are known of. Actually, there really wasn't much of her trying to become an actress in general. Mm-mm. But again, that's one of those things that the media really was playing out that she was going to be this, she could have been a great actress. Yeah, because that's what the the movie focused on. Yes. Was that her becoming an actress? But there really wasn't much evidence of her trying to be an actress. Hmm. So that's odd. That was really another thing. Like she, she was a person. January 9th, That's my daughter's birthday. Nineteen forty-seven, Elizabeth returned to her home in L.A. after a brief trip to San Diego with Robert Red Manley, a twenty-five-year-old married salesman she was dating. Now that, mm. yeah. She was also depicted as kind of a flirty girl. And this is the only time that I got that impression she was a flirty girl. Um, Red stated that he dropped her off at the Biltmore Hotel and that she was going to meet her sister, who was visiting. Staff say they seen her using the lobby telephone later. She was seen by patrons of the Crown Grill Cocktail Lounge about a half a mile away from Biltmore. Mm-hmm. And this was the last time noted of Elizabeth being alive. Oh, gosh. So January 9th was the last time. Elizabeth. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I'm saying um a lot. It's okay. When you <laughs> yeah, say um, they drink water. Yeah, drink your water, guys. Um means water. <laughs> Stay hydrated. 
January 15th, 1947, local resident Betty Bursinger discovered a body at about 10 a.m. while walking with her three-year-old daughter. Oh, gosh. Oh. Yeah. Initially, she thought it was a discarded store mannequin. She then realized it was a corpse, and she rushed to a nearby house to telephone the police. Now, I'm going to get into some of the gritties of this um, scene. So, if you're queasy... Sign off. (laughs) Or get your barf bag. (laughs) One of the two. (laughs) Yeah. Um... The body was severed into two pieces at the waist. Now, this is the thing that a lot of people do know. Mm-hmm. Yes. She was cut in half. Um, and that she was naked. It was found in a vacant lot on the west side of South Norton Avenue, midway between Coliseum Street and West 39th Street in the neighborhood of Limert Park, which at the time was largely underdeveloped. And, of course, that body that was discovered had been Elizabeth Short. Mm. Um, Elizabeth's body was severely mutilated, completely severed at the waist. She was completely drained of all her blood, leaving her skin that pallid white, which gave her that mannequin look. look. Yeah. Because she had nothing in her. It was determined that she had been dead for about 10 hours prior to being discovered, leaving her death either late January 14th or very early January 15th, which if she was, yeah, it would have been like midnight. Yeah, I'm thinking probably more around the 14th. Yeah. Her body had apparently been washed by the killer. Her face had been slashed from the corners of her mouth to her ear, creating an effect known as the Glasgow smile, or as we know today, the Joker smile. I was about to say, yeah. Like, I knew that if I just said Glasgow smile, like, everybody was like, what? But it's the Joker smile as we know it today. Thank you, Heath Ledger. R.I.P. to you, my dear. As we know it, uh, she had several cuts on her thighs and breasts. Um, There was entire portions of flesh that had been sliced away. The lower half was positioned a foot away from her upper, and her intestines had been tucked neatly beneath her buttocks. Her corpse had been posed with her hands over her head, her elbows bent at right angles, and her legs were spread apart. So whoever did this obviously, like, displayed her out as, like, art. Like, they took pride in it. They took a lot of pride in what they did to her. Yes, absolutely. fucking sick. Crowds started to gather right away. Uh, Los Angeles Herald Express reporter Aggie Underwood was among the first to arrive, taking several photos of the corpse and the crime scene. Near the body, police did find a heel print among the tire tracks, and a cement sack containing watery blood was also found nearby. Hmm. But because of everybody coming in, things already started being compromised and that is a very big trend with this case Mm. now this is the part that gets even more gruesome is her autopsy because an autopsy was done on her okay i mean even though you can clearly see she's dead but that may that could have happened after death that may have not necessarily been what killed her and yes so an autopsy was done on the 16th by Frederick Newbar. There was ligature marks on her ankles, wrists, and neck. Um, ligature marks are made from basically a string or thread that's used to stitch people up. Ooh. Yes, hold that. Um, irregular lacerations with superficial tissue loss on her right breast. Nubar also noted superficial lacerations on the right forearm, left upper arm, and lower left side of the chest. So she was more than just cut in half and a, a joker smile put on her face. The body had been cut completely in half by a technique taught in the 1930s called 
hemicorporectomy. That's a word. That is, that is a word. That is a medical scientific word. Ugh. Again, I just want to be clear on that. The lower half of her body had been removed by tr- transsex- sec- transecting, sorry, I forgot how to speak for a second, the lumbar spine between the second and third vertebrae. Lumbar th- vertebrae. So there's three sections of your vertebrae. Your cervical, which is basically yes. your neck. Your thoracic, which is basically like covering your um, your rib cage area. And then mm-hmm. the lower to your hips is your lumbar. Um, resulting in severing the intestines at the duodenum. Duodenum. I always stumble on that word, even when I was in massage school learning anatomy. Uh, but that's basically like where you're, I believe your stomach and your intestines meet. Okay. If I'm remembering that, correct me. Please, guys, if you're listening and this episode comes out, go on our Instagram and correct me if I'm wrong on where that location is. It was noted very little bruising along the incision, suggesting that it had been performed after death. So she was severed. After, After she was already yeah, dead. That makes more sense. Yes. Another gaping laceration measured four and a quarter inches in length ran longitudinally from the navel to the pubic region. Mm. hmm The skull was not fractured, but there was bruising noted on the front and right side of her scalp with small amounts of bleeding in the subarachnoid space on the right side, spinal cord area, basically. I know these are some words, and I'm butchering, pronouncing them. I apologize, you guys. It's okay. Um, Consisting with blows to the face. So that's probably what killed her. The cause of death was determined to hemorrhages from the the lacerations to her face, Mm -hmm. so her smile, and the blows to her face. Um, is what actually killed her. So the ligatures, when you're going back to that, those would have to been before death too as well to have left a mark. Yeah, she they must have tied her up. Yeah, they had to have had her like yeah. hostage in some kind of situation. Yeah. Um, the lacerations to her face measured two and a half inches on the left side long, Mm-hmm. And three inches on the right side. Mm. And the shocks from the blows to her head and face are all what yeah, killed her. It was noted that her anal canal was dilated at one and three quarters inches, suggesting that she may have been raped. Oh. Samples were taken to check for sperm DNA, but they came back negative. Yes. Oh, gosh. Okay. It's very, very brutal what had been done to Elizabeth. Yeah, no matter what, like, whoever she was, you don't deserve that. No. Elizabeth was identified by her fingerprints because she was already previously in the system from her arrest. Oh, okay. So, fortunately, they had that. Otherwise, they actually didn't even know who she was. Yeah, she would have just still probably been a Jane Doe. Yes. Uh, yeah, this part really irritated my soul. Immediately following her identification, reporters from William Randolph Hearst's L.A. Examiner contacted her mother and told her mother that her daughter had won a beauty contest. <gasps> oh, my God. Yes. After prying as much personal information about Elizabeth, they then said, your daughter was actually murdered. What fucking scumbags. Oh, my God. Yeah. That irritated my soul. Irritated my soul. I could not imagine being a mother. Like, I would expect that from today, but, like, back then... I don't know, like, I guess people have always been shitty, but, like, to expect that then, I would not see that coming. But it was a news reporter that did that to her. It wasn't even the police that contacted her that Ugh. her daughter was dead. It was a news reporter. So crowds instantly surrounded her, 
uh-huh. compromising the case, evidence. Yeah. And now news reporters are already reaching out to people. Keep that one, guys. Ugh. Um, the newspapers offered to pay her airfare and accommodations if she would travel to L.A. to help police with the investigations. But that was actually a ploy to keep her away from the police and other reporters to protect the scoop. Oh, my God. This is when the sensationalized the case. They, they sensationalized the case. And I remember that the media basically murdered anything that they had going. They instantly turned this case into a sensation. Um, she was last seen in a tailored black suit. Elizabeth was last seen in a tailored black suit. Elizabeth was also known to wear a lot of black. Mm-hmm. She had dark black hair. Um, She's kind of like a Snow White. Yeah, she really kind of did look like a Snow White. Mm-hmm. Uh, the news articles depicted her as in a tight skirt with a sheer blouse and nicknamed her the Black Dahlia and described her as adventur- an adventurist who prowled Hollywood Boulevard. So they made her sound like a whore. They made her out to be, yes, a whore. Mm. And this is when she became sensationalized. She became something pretty instead of the gruesome act that happened to Elizabeth. Yeah, they focused more on her. Yes. And they dubbed her the Black Dahlia. Now, there was a lot of things that were said about, like, how I, apparently she used to wear the Black Dahlias in her hair. Supposedly, I did not find any facts on that. But there was a murder film that came out prior to Elizabeth's death called The Blue Dahlia. Oh, okay. And because Elizabeth, with all the black, yeah, they dubbed her the Black Dahlia. The news dubbed her the Black Dahlia. Uh, additionally, the newspapers deemed the murder a sex fiend slaying. Mm. Yes. On January 21st, 1947, a person claiming to be Elizabeth's killer placed a phone call to the office of James Richardson, who was the editor of The Examiner, congratulating him on the coverage of the case and stated he planned on turning himself in eventually, but not before allowing the police to pursue him further. Okay. Yeah. He also said to expect some souvenirs of Beth Short in the mail. What the hell? And on January 24th, so three days later, a suspicious manila envelope was discovered by a U.S. postal worker. It was addressed to the L.A. Examiner and other L.A. papers. So other newspapers. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, with individual words that have been cut and pasted from newspaper clippings. Also, a large message on the face of the envelope that read, here is Dahlia's belongings. And later, um, inside the envelope was Elizabeth's birth certificate, business cards, photographs, names written on pieces of paper, and an address book with the name Mark Henson, like, kind of printed on the cover. Okay. So was, I'm assuming, well, actually, it is his, it was Mark's mm-hmm. address book. Uh, the packet had been cleaned in gasoline, just like Elizabeth, which led the police to suspect that it had to have come from the killer. Several partial fingerprints were lifted from the envelope. However, the prints were compromised in transit and couldn't be properly analyzed. That same day... A handbag and a black suede shoe on top of a garbage can in in an alley a short distance from Norton Avenue, which was about three miles from where Elizabeth was found. Mm -hmm. There was also, those were also wiped clean with gasoline, and these were determined to belong to um, Elizabeth as well. So he basically, he, he wanted credit for it. He just wasn't willing to give up his life for it. Basically. Wow. Yeah. Now, when I was going through my notes, I found something out of order, so I'm kind of skipping that part, and I'll come back to it. Um, 
to keep things in order. So police quickly deemed Mark Henson, which was the name on the packet, on um, mm-hmm. the, the book, a suspect, like, right away. Of course, yeah. Uh, he was a wealthy local nightclub owner and theater owner, and he was no, he was a known acquaintance of Elizabeth. So he definitely, I could see by the instant, yeah, like, well, your course. name was right here in front of us. And you were known to be with her. She is being already portrayed as this kind of floozy woman. Mm-hmm. You're a nightclub owner. Um, Elizabeth did stay at his home with friends. And he's the one that confirmed the items in the alley were hers. Mm. Anne Toth, Elizabeth's friend and roommate, told investigators that Elizabeth recently rejected sexual advances from Mark. And suggested it as a potential cause for killing her. However, he was cleared of suspicion. The police ended up interviewing over 150 men after that. Jesus. Excuse me. Mainly those um, that were last seen with her. But they were all cleared after passing numerous polygraph examinations. Uh, police also interviewed several persons found listed in Mark Hansen's address book. So they, they were going down the list of potential people. A total of 750 investigators from the LAPD of all departments worked at all levels of this case. Yeah, they had to because the media had blown it up so much. Yeah. City Councilman Lloyd G. Davis posted a $10,000 reward for information on the case, which today would be an equivalent of $125,000, which resulted in multiple false confessors, which coming out of war, coming out of the Depression. Yeah. You hear ten grand, i am not surprised that happened. Yeah, I'm not either. But again, this put a distraction in the case because they had multiple confessions that were false and all those people were charged with, with obstruction of justice. Good. They should have They been. were charged with obstruction Good. of justice. But that put a damper, again, in finding in Elizabeth's killer. Yeah, because it sets them back because then instead of investigating what they should be investigating, they're looking into all these false stories. Yes. There were people who were, like, even not even born, apparently, at the time that were confessing, which that doesn't make sense too much. I guess because so they knew that, so that somebody was using a different name so they wouldn't get in trouble. I'm guessing. Forever what was said. I'm guessing so. So, on January 26th, another letter was received. It was a handwritten letter this time, um, which read, here it is. Turning in Wednesday, January 29th at 10 a.m. Had my find at police, Black Dahlia Avenger. A location was named to where this person would be giving themselves up. And police waited there, but the killer never appeared. Instead, at 1 p.m., they received another cut-and-paste letter saying, Have changed my mind. You would not give me a square deal. Dahlia killing was justified. Mm. Yes. So media just went crazy, sensationalizing the murder, saying how she was tortured for hours to um, to her death, never releasing actually her true, true cause of death because mm-hmm. if people found out she died from blows to the face and not this horrific whatever, I, I guess they didn't think that people would stay interested. I mean, this was making headlines for them. It was making them money. Yeah. Um, her personal life was publicized, uh, like the declining of Hansen's romantic advances. Additionally, a stripper who was also an acquaintance of Elizabeth told police she would, she liked to get guys worked up over her, but she'd leave them hanging dry. So she was a flirt. Mm-hmm. What young woman doesn't have some flirty aspect to them? What person doesn't have flirty aspects especially to when it sounds like she had so many men just kind of like throwing themselves at her she was so, a gorgeous girl mm-hmm. she was a she gorgeous very girl mm-hmm. and clearly 
daddy dipping at five, someone's got some possible daddy issues. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just saying that. Daddy dipped at five and came back into her life when she's a grown up. They argued. Like, the girl's got some daddy issues and that fine. Um, but because of the leading men on and leave him hang to dry, they did think that maybe she was a lesbian. So that resulted Ooh. them into going to gay bars nearby. That's very rare at that point in time, though, too. Yes. Wow. They did go to gay bars nearby, interviewing a lot of people there. And again, coming up short, they then did receive another letter cut and paste saying, I will give up on Dahlia killing if I get 10 years. Don't try to find me. So this cut and paste letter thing happened a lot. Kind of like a Zodiac situation. Kind of, yes. So based on the cuts and dissections of Elizabeth's body, the LAPD looked into possibilities that um, the murderer had to have been a surgeon, a doctor, or someone with medical knowledge. Yeah, they had to have been. Yes, because her cuts were so precise, and the um, marks on her wrists and neck had could only be made by a certain material. Mm-hmm. And they also said that this person had to have done this at an off-site location and brought her in. Because there was mm-hmm. not a drop of blood nearby. She yeah. was drained out somewhere else and brought in. So, mid-February 1947, the LAPD served a warrant to the University of Southern California's medical school, which was located near the site of where Elizabeth was discovered. Mm. They requested a complete list of the programs um, that the the program students' names. The university agreed as long as the identities remained private. However, background checks were conducted yielding yielding no results. Sorry, guys, can hear my pages flipping. March 14th. An apparent suicide note was found tucked in a shoe in a pile of men's clothes by the ocean edge. And the note read, To whom it may concern, I've waited for police to capture me for the Black Dahlia killing, but have not. I'm too much of a coward to turn myself in, so this is the best way out for me. I couldn't help myself for that or this. Sorry, Mary. I don't know who Mary is. I was say, who the fuck is Mary? No idea who Mary is. Oh, you're um, claiming to have killed Elizabeth. You can't say sorry, Elizabeth. <laughs> then that, who the fuck is Mary? No, no. Um, the pile of clothes were found by like uh, a beach caregiver, whatever caretaker, yeah. that then reported it to the a lifeguard, who then alerted the police. But the clothes gave no clue to who they belonged to. Mm. Yeah. So. By spring of 1947, the case has become cold. One of the lead detectives blamed the press for compromising the investigation through reporters, probing of details, and unverified reporting. There was lots of lies portrayed about Elizabeth, and her mother, or her murder became more of a show than actually was taken serious. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she was portrayed as a call girl and a hooker and um, just this night prowler for men. Now, here's a little fun fact. As I said, her anal canal Mm -hmm. was dilated. Dilated. Yeah. Elizabeth had a detail that they never gave out. She was underdeveloped in her actual female parts. She had a, gen- oh. a genital defect. Okay. So she could not have sex. Oh. Wow. Her mother and people who really knew that detail about her were just horrified to hear how they're portraying her, knowing she can't even do that. That would also make sense to as why she would flirt more often and then release because she knew there would be no follow through she couldn't have follow through 
Wow. Okay. Yes. Mm. Yes. That is a detail. Also, the autopsy knew about, because obviously they're yeah. checking her whole body, but they kept, they also kept that detail in the hopes that that small detail would get, they'd be able to catch the killer because only the killer would know that about mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Because they did assume she was raped. Okay. So that is another detail they never gave out. But there were so many details that they were just throwing out there about her um, that were never real. And unfortunately, this case has become one of the most brutal and culturally enduring crimes in American history. And Times Magazine lists it as one of the most infamous unsolved cases in the world. Um, And her life and death have been the basis of numerous books TV shows, films, both fictionalized and nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Majority of the stuff out there about her case are so twisted. It's maybe 49% accurate and the rest is just fantasized. I believe it. Now, of course, everybody has their theories about who did it. Okay. They think the torso, the Ohio torso killer was one of them. Mm. Um... The biggest one that I definitely, definitely thought, um, one of the detectives, his father Mm -hmm. is the one he blamed to do it because his, I think it's his father or his stepfather. I don't know why I'm blanking on that. that Some kind of family member. Is a surgeon at or nearby where she was found. I don't know uh-huh. if it was at the medical school or one of the hospitals nearby. Uh-huh. He is a surgeon. He has been convicted or he's been charged for multiple other types of murders. Killing his secretary, possibly. Raping his own daughter. The one that the mm-hmm. father. Yeah. And um, they did suspect him briefly. Let him go. And then he fled to the Philippines until he died. But they did bug his house at one point, and it was talking, they caught him saying something about killing the Black Dahlia, but they'll never prove it. My secretary's dead. Oh, wow. Yeah. That one I definitely was like, "Mm, I think that one might be accurate. I think he might have done that. They had a bunch of other crimes that were pretty similar, so, 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 but none to the details of hers. And I, I wanted everybody to hear Elizabeth. Yeah. Who Elizabeth was. Because she was a person. She, she was, wasn't the Black Dahlia. No. The media she, gave her the that media name. The media gave her that. The police didn't even give her that name. Yeah. The media gave her that name. The newspapers gave her that name. Honestly, they probably could have caught that killer had the media backed up. Mm-hmm. I mean, today, social media helps a lot yeah. with solving things. You put something out there, guys, you see this person, mm-hmm. and it's out there. Everyone gets a Word seat. of mouth. Word of mouth. But in this regard, it did not help. It only hurt. Well, yeah, because I spent so much time trashing her instead of actually focusing on what had happened there was a theory also that they did that because this is post-war a lot of women were leaving um and getting out into the world because men were at war so Mm -hmm. women were getting out into the world and they wanted women to get scared and go back home yeah because at this time where they were starting to realize their independence and working and well a lot of women were in that war working Mm -hmm. yeah as nurses and whatnot yeah and that's when they really learn, like, oh, my gosh, we can do stuff. Yeah. So they also wanted to create that scene to get people out there. But Elizabeth Short was a human being. And I hated when I was going through all these things. I could have done, like, everybody else and talked more of the glory of the of the murder and how this, like, oh, my gosh. And I could have gone down the line of all the potential suspects and why they were suspects. But I really wanted to focus in on that. Elizabeth was a person. Because mm-hmm. that is one thing nobody talks about. She's not the Black Dahlia. She is Elizabeth Short. Uh, one thing, though, that I did not know 
about that she has a legacy from her murder. Hmm. Because of this murder, just two weeks after Elizabeth was killed, Republican State Assemblyman C. Don Field was prompted by the case to introduce a bill calling for the formation of sex offender registry. Oh, wow. The state of California would become the first U.S. state to make the registration of sex offenders mandatory. Didn't think I'd ever say this, but go California. Because of what happened to Elizabeth, we now have the sex offender list. That's fucking awesome. Well, it's not awesome that she had to go through all that for it to fucking happen, but it's awesome that, you know, they'd recognized it. They recognized an issue. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I was like, at least one good thing came of this. Yeah. Now, do you think, since now we have, like, the 23andMe and Ancestry and all that kind of crap, people submitting DNA, do you think something may pop up eventually? Because DNA, again, wasn't a thing at that time. Oh. (laughs) DNA is a big thing now, especially those Ancestries and Mm 23andMe's. Uh, Golden State Killer was caught because of Ancestry and me or yeah. Ancestry.com. And like John Wayne Gacy's, I think one of his victims was finally identified from because of 23andMe or not 23andMe, wh- whatever. Yeah, which one, one of those, was one, one of the of ones those. that shares all the shit. Yes, but um, um, a lot of cases, a lot of cold cases are being solved because of the DNA thing. Now, I do not believe Elizabeth's murderer will ever be found. Because one thing I will say, when I was, like, reading this, Mm -hmm. gasoline cleans it all. They could not find a speck of DNA to hold on to. And they were trying. They were trying. They did try. And really, I think that's, like, going back and thinking about... In the 1940s, trying to find DNA was not a thing. Yeah, no. They tried. They tried to find something. That's a smart move on his part, even to this day. Like, yeah, the nobody, nobody does that. the The whole autopsy report is up for people to read, Um, but I, I will definitely have to give props to the um, coroner, Frederick Newbar. For him to try to find something for this poor girl. Mm. That's awful. Yes. Yeah, because they have nothing, nothing whatsoever to go off of. No. I mean, they were able to fortunately figure out her because of her arrest for underage drinking. Mm. So they were obviously doing fingerprints at the time. But. Damn. Yeah. That is Elizabeth. Uh, rest in peace rest in peace Elizabeth and my heart goes out to the the family and how that that whole I know her mother like oh I can't I can't even fucking imagine being told that Mm -hmm. about somebody you love nonetheless your daughter and you're sharing like oh my god you're happy for at that moment just to be bomb dropped at the end of the call that she's fucking dead and this is like some kind of sick joke yeah, the, the, the media destroyed that. Any justice for her. Mm. Any justice for her. And the LAPD also got um, reamed for their lack of solving murders at the time. Because this, hers was not the only one that was being just dropped. It was a lot of cases of women and children in general at that time that the LAPD was not doing their job. Yeah, wasn't a lot happening right there in just that certain area was going on. It wasn't just her. I mean, of course, she took the headlines. Yeah. Because of what the media had done with her. But there was a lot of others at that time. Yeah, there was the lipstick killer, too. The Chicago Mm -hmm. lipstick killer. They thought is the one who did this to her as well. Because there was a child's body that was... Yes. um, Had in lipstick. They thought it said BD, but it actually said PD. Okay. For the police department. Kind of like, hey, you guys suck. But they're like, oh, BD, that's in remembrance of Black Dahlia. That must be them. And they they were wrong. It's mm-hmm. actually PD. Um, but, yeah. It was, 
and heartbreaking. And like I said, this is a story that you can go on and on and on. There are so many suspects. I definitely suggest if you guys have more you want to know. Yeah, that's a wormhole. It's a wormhole. It is a wormhole. But definitely cross-check your facts because one of the, a lot of the movies sensationalize her. Mm -hmm. She's sensationalized. There are some good books that are out there, though, that do kind of give a little bit more facts. Mm -hmm. Yes. So make sure you guys are looking into your cross-referencing your stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is Elizabeth or the Black Dahlia. Yeah, poor thing. Yeah. All right, guys. That is it for my raspy voice today. I I was pretty quiet, I think. (laughs) I did pretty good. You did beautifully. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, go tell a friend about us. Yes. Make sure you guys find us on Instagram, Facebook, Toasted Shenanigans Podcast, TikTok. TikTok now. Yep. Toasted Shenanigans Podcast. Uh, you guys can email us, Toasted Shenanigans Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Please give us feedback. Give, give us, suggest- us suggestions, drinks, whatever. Yes. And, on it, and come interact with us. There's some some good things. We have our our little character dude. We need a name for him. Yeah. Yeah, we're asking for names for him, so. Yeah, our logo guy. Our little logo guy. He's got a backstory. My little eight-year-old decided as we were sitting there coming up with the scheme of this whole idea of talking, um, they were saying how we need to cover art, and my son is just scribbling in a corner, and all of a sudden he comes up and he's like, I made this for you guys, and (laughs) he was instantly on cover art. Yep. But we need to name him, and we don't know what to name him. we got some suggestions already made, so get out there and let us know what you think. All right. All right, guys. Until next time, like, share, subscribe, comment below. (laughs) (laughs) All that social media shit. All the social media shit. All right. Bye. Bye.